I just have a couple of announcements. I feel like it's so hard to transition in that to, by the way, this is what's going on. <laughs> um, you know, we have our annual, well, it's not annual yet, because we haven't done it yet. <laughs> we have our, our camping trip coming up. And we had to change, we changed the location and somebody asked if that was an April Fool's joke and I didn't even think that. <laughs> it's not an April Fool's, we did change it to Cedar Hill State Park. And Miss um, Amazing Zoe will be following up with an updated packet on all of the info of that. Um, if you guys have not paid your camping dues, I think it's $45 if I'm not mistaken. And there is a, if you go on the Church Center app, there's a, drop-down box and you pick camping trip and pay your 45 bucks. Um, also, on the 10th, we're looking to have a, a camping meeting right after church to answer any of your questions. We need a couple of volunteers to handle some things. Um, I don't think it's a lot of volunteer stuff, um, just very minimal. So if you guys don't mind staying back April 10th, April 10th. I'm so bad at the dates. Sarah tells me all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I got it. And I don't. I don't. <laughs> April 10th. Yes. Uh, let me see. I wrote this down because I forget it. I know, I know. It's hard to believe. No, that was it. And guys, this has been great. I just appreciate y'all stepping up, stepping in to worship and what you're feeling and not being afraid to go for it. So I'm going to awkwardly pass this over to Chris, because that's what I do. You want me to go? Nope. Thank you, Raquel. Man. Anybody else get rocked? Man, that was, that was pretty good. Man, Father, I just thank you so much that... Um, that as we push forward, that you go deeper with us. I thank you for that. Um, I thank you this morning for such a, a, an amazing group of people that um, are willing to just push. I, I thank you for that. Um, you're so good. You're so awesome. I love it. Man, he's good. Amen. Well, uh, we, uh, man, those are, there's, there's, uh, I thought there was something else, and anyway, I'm still really rock. so forgive me if I'm blabbering for a second here, but uh, today is the day that we, uh, we started our, our shift with the children's ministry and the worship time and all that for them, and uh, so we do need to let our kiddos head to the back, so Miss Lydia, are you ready? All right. Um, again, we do need volunteers. We need some help with the children's ministry. There's so much going on. If you didn't make the meeting and you want to know, uh, you can ask Lydia or Raquel. Lydia heads up our children's stuff, and uh, there's some pretty cool things that we do, and, but we need some help. We need some volunteers, uh, you know, and so if y'all would see her. But kiddos, are you ready? I guess so, because over half of you already took off. That's okay. It's all good. We still love you. <laughs> yeah. And away they go. Uh, how many of y'all were here last night and had... Did you pick up the rest of your brain before you left? Yeah? Well, good, because you probably are going to lose the rest of it today. Uh, our good friend, Ryan Pena, 
is with us. Uh, we've known Ryan for a couple of years through SOK and uh, with Dub, and um, I, I'm looking forward to getting to to know Ryan deeper. Um, he's just a he's just a great guy, man. He's got all this amazing insight. He's an amazing teacher. He is actually now the national director uh, for School of Kingdom, which if you're interested in, you could definitely ask him about it. Uh, you can look at the website. There's, I think, um, over half of our church has gone or is in SOK right now. I think there's a uh, third year right over there. There's a few second year people, and then there's a lot of first year people. Uh, and it is amazing. It, it is absolutely amazing what, uh, what Dub has built and now what um, him and Ryan and Craig, Craig Ferris is the, you know, another great friend of ours. He's the global director. He handles all the South Africa and uh, Australia stuff, everything else really. And uh, together it's an amazing team and uh, it's just amazing what God is doing. But uh, man, uh, Ryan, come on up brother. And um, man, let's, let's give the Lord a hand clap for I love what, uh, just the way he teaches and stuff, and I don't know what's going to happen today, but brother, I know he's got to be on a plane at four o'clock, so uh, we're, not, we're not putting any time strengths on you, because we'll, we'll uh, do what Dan McCullum talks about and bend that time. To get... <laughs> so here you go, brother. Man, thank you, my friend, yeah, brother. Appreciate loving me. Oh, there it is. All right. Amen. Let's give the, let's give the Lord a thanks for the worship team. Appreciate the uh, the atmosphere, the presence. I'm I'm the type of guy, you know. I um, so when the prophetic first started in my life, I was probably around like where I could recognize this was prophetic. I still didn't have language for it. I was probably around 16 or 17, and I was leading um, a youth group at that time, and it was my first time ministering to the youth. And so. <clears throat> I've ministered on a message. I remember the message to this day. The message was uh, the power of words and how you can allow for other people's words to define you. Uh, and and so, so I ministered that whole thing. And there was about 11, 11 to 13 youth that were in the room. And, and so as my friend Gabriel, he was kind of helping me out. As he began to pray for them, we just said, we're going to pray for each of you. As he began to pray for them, uh, I began to see almost like a screen over their head. And I could see different things about their life. Uh, I, I, could, I, I saw their room. I saw circumstances, situations, things in their life that happened, events. And as I all I knew to do was just to say what I was seeing. And as I would say, I, this is what I'm seeing, they just began to break down and cry, and God started ministering to them and healing them. And, and that was my first encounter. I didn't know that was prophetic. I didn't know uh, visions or, or what, I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, but God just kind of just introduced me to it, like just kind of like, here you go, boom. And so, and so then hearing, seeing, all that stuff, you know, I, I operated in that for many years, um, really operated in, you know, began to walk in the prophetic. In 1997, I started training prophetic teams healing teams and intercession teams, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. All I knew to do was just share whatever I was learning. So whatever I was getting, whatever I was learning, and here's what I saw. I saw that whatever I was training others in, it was as if in my life that area went to a whole other dimension. 
as I poured whatever I was receiving into others, there was, and it was, the only way I can describe it is whatever dimension I was operating in, when I brought people into that, there was no longer a need for me to operate in that realm. So I was just like, boom, catapulted, boom, just keep going glory to glory, right? So then several years ago, this would have been, I don't know, maybe 2012, 13, somewhere. I don't remember exactly the date, but this was several years ago. I was on a plane to Monterey, Mexico to do a prophets conference, and the Lord says to me, he says, Ryan, I don't want you to see or hear my word. I want you to feel it. And I was like, what? He says, I want you to feel my word. And so that, that trip was, I mean, it wrecked me, right? I could, I could, you know, usually see something, hear something, but now it was like, you know, people that I'd be ministering to would stand in front of me, pastors, leaders, whoever, and all of a sudden I would feel what God felt for them. And I could barely, I mean, I'm, I was a crybaby. I just started crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, help me just to sustain. Like I could feel his love. I could feel his, his, like, you know, like a father who's just proud of their kids. Like I could feel those things. And I just began to prophesy from what he felt for them. And so ever since then, I've just been operating in that feeler realm. Like I still see, I still hear, and then there's been that feeler realm. So, so I'm real sensitive to what I feel in the atmosphere. That was a long story to get to what I want to say. <laughs> I felt really good this morning, all right? <laughs> you said, you could have just said that and we could have been, you know, halfway through the message already. <laughs> but man, I, you know, just I, I feel, I sense, I'm like, that's part of discernment, right? That's part of discernment. And, and just that feeler dimension. In fact, um, one of my friends, uh, James Gall, I was in a conference with Patricia King and James Gall, and, and I told James, I said, um, I said, we've had the seer realm, we've had the, the hearing, we've had the naba, but there's about to be a feeler dimension that's going to be unleashed, and you're going to be one of the pioneers in it. And so James actually wrote a book on the feeler, uh, the discerner, the feeler and discerner. And um, so it might be a good idea maybe to go buy that. I don't get royalties or credits or anything like that. I don't get a commission on it. Um, but I just was thinking about that right now. I just thought he wrote a book on that. And so, you know, there's, there's so much that God is, is teaching us right now. Amen. Uh, right now, how many of you know that, remember I shared last night how they crossed the Jordan. When you enter into a new time, you enter in as a child, not as an expert. I'm in the place where it's like, yeah, I've been doing prophetic stuff and, you know, searching scripture for decades. And, I'm, and I feel right now like, man, I don't even know if I know how to prophesy right now. I don't know if I know how, what, what this looks like anymore. I, I thought I knew what that verse meant. Now I'm like, mm, I'm not too sure. I think it might be different than what I assumed. You know what I'm saying? And so this is really a time for relearning, amen? And the Holy Spirit is taking us through a journey of, of learning how to trust again. Just learning how to trust again. I think that's one of the biggest words right now is trust. I don't know, how to, I don't know what I'm doing, Lord. I don't know if, if, if this is, you know, just a, a brand new or it's just recovering what we should have been operating to begin with. But Lord, I just trust you, amen? And so... Um, so this has been just a, an, a, I just love what I'm sensing, what I'm feeling. I love the life that's in this house. 
I love the atmosphere, the worship, the presence. Um, you know, I was joking yesterday about, about good branding, right? <laughs> I said it jokingly yesterday, and then I looked at it right when I was sitting back there, and the Lord said, no, it's actually a prophetic thing. Because it says here, hydration. Hydration. And, and there's something, there really is something about those that have been dry that, the, that they come here and they get watered and they get hydrated. And, and they, this is an oasis for those that, are, that have been dried out by religion and tradition and they've been dried out by, by, the, uh, uh, by, by man's attempts to try and, and force God on people's lives. And they're just like, no, I don't want it. See, people, it's not that people don't want Jesus. They just don't want the Jesus that much of the church has presented, Right? They don't want the God that much of the church has presented. They, if they saw a true representation of who the Father is through the lens of Jesus, nobody could resist Him. <laughs> Amen? And so, so you really are a, a place of hydration where religion has dried people out. And so I like that. I was like, okay, Lord, that's a cool word. I'm gonna, I'll share that. I like this. And um, so perfectly balanced. Hey. <laughs> All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Okay, y'all ready for? Let's jump into some stuff today. Okay, uh, I, I, man, I love what God is doing right now, and I'm gonna go to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. I'm gonna sum up Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what the whole Bible's about <laughs> in just a few seconds. Um, here's basically what you see in Scripture. Everything that happens in Genesis, in the first couple of chapters, everything that happens there in the garden is God giving to man inheritance. He gives, he gives man his image, right? And with that image, the, let me say it this way, the image of God in humanity will produce for you what it produces for God. So this is why you, you, you've read where it says in Genesis, um, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion, right? Here's what, what, if you were to try to you know, break that down in the original, it would basically say this, be productive, be abundant, be victorious, and provide governing solutions for the earth. Be productive, be abundant, be victorious, and provide governing solutions for the earth. What God was saying is, Adam, this is my image. And the way that, and, and what my image produces for me, it will produce for you. I'm a productive God. You're going to be productive. I'm an abundant God. I don't just produce. I produce in abundance. You're going to be abundant because you have my image. You're going to provide governing solutions for the earth. How many of you know the whole earth wasn't a garden? It was just this one little place east of Eden. And then God tells them to do what? Multiply, subdue, provide solutions. to the earth. In other words, what God is telling Adam and Eve is, I want you to expand this garden until it covers the whole earth. And it wasn't about like, you know, massive fruit and, and crazy vegetables and whatever. It wasn't about the, you know, those types of things when we think of garden. The garden was actually the place where heaven and earth were merged. Heaven and earth were one in the garden. It was an atmosphere of the kingdom of God in the earth. 
And Adam and Eve were placed in that place of atmosphere. All right? They were positioned in that place of atmosphere with the image of God. In other words, they were given all of this. Did they do anything to earn it? No. Did they do anything to somehow you know, gain this by their own strength or effort? No. Everything was given to them by inheritance. Right? So here's the whole Bible. Inheritance given to man. Inheritance lost by man. Inheritance restored by man. The son of man. The last Adam. The second Adam, as Paul writes. There's actually last Adam and second Adam, the New Testament calls him. So here's the thing, is that God comes in the form of man to legally take back what man lost in the garden. It would have been illegal for God to do it as God. Does that make sense? And I could get into a whole message on this, but um, for the sake of time, we're not. But I am going to give one portion of this uh, that we find here in Daniel 7. Because here's what you can see in Scripture. Here's Genesis to Revelation. Inheritance uh, given, inheritance lost, inheritance regained. Jesus has regained your inheritance, but here's the thing, with upgrades. Because Adam walked with God side by side. Now you walk in God. And God walks in you. There is not a, let's go for a walk. Let me go find where, where's man. No, no, no. It's, he is with us. He's in us. And we're in him. So there's this union. And this was actually the dream of God. Not just to have, you know, you know how many know God didn't create man just as some kind of servant to do God's bidding? That the Father actually desires family. The Father desires communication. He desires communion. He desires fellowship. So you weren't created just to serve. Serving is a response to who I am. Because I am a son, because I am one with God, I serve others. I serve humanity. But the thing is this, I serve from my identity. I don't serve in order to get identity. I used to find my identity in what I did. The Lord asked me one time, he says, what if you never prophesied again? Could you just be content being my son? I was like, man, that's a good question. I don't know. And, and so I had to go through this process years ago of, of being free from performance, finding my identity in what I could do, finding my identity in, in when I would hear, man, that was right on. Man, that was, you, you nailed it. God, that was so accurate. And I would find my significance and my worth based on what I accomplished. And, I, and that's why I had to do ministry. I had to prophesy. I had to, I had to teach and preach and all that because I found my, my, my sense of worth and value and significance in how I served. But man, what happens when, apart from all of that, you find your worth and your value just in the union you have with the Creator? Changes everything, right? So, so here's, here's what I, I, I want to share with you. This whole thing of your inheritance that has been restored, regained. Um, we use words like restore. And in our mind, when we think of the word restore, we usually think like, um, oh, you know, somebody experiencing a healing in their body. Right? God's going to restore health in the area of sickness, or God's going to restore finances. God's going to restore um, 
uh, maybe something that we've been you know, bound to and God restores freedom, right? All of that is good. All of that counts. But I want to talk to you just for a second about restore from a kingdom perspective. We have limited restore to a personal context. But there is a kingdom context in the area of restore. So just to, uh, I'm going to use this little cute thing right here. So let's just say here is where, it's not going to stick, but it's all right. Okay, so here, here's, here's mankind, okay? And here's where God originally created mankind in the garden, right? With his image, with all of the effects that come with his image. Because Adam has the same image, he can communicate with God. Because Adam has the same image, he can produce in the earth because of the image that God gave to him, right? So here's the thing. We know what happens in Genesis 3. Man, what? Falls, right? So here we go. There's the fall, okay? <laughs> Here's the fall. I did this in Mexico City with a thing of uh, tissues, and it was like super loud, like boom. I was like, oh, my gosh. Everybody's, everybody's awake now, all right? So this is, I, I learned from that, so we're not using the tissues. We're using this. Now, now here's the thing. So man falls. Now, here's what our gospel has been. Our gospel has been Jesus died to forgive you of your sins. Is there truth in that? There's truth in that, right? But is it the full truth? Absolutely not. Because here's what the gospel we have heard has done. It has restored us to there. You're forgiven. But that's as far as it goes. But see, it's not restoration. It's not kingdom restoration unless it is restored back to the original design. It has to be not over here, not even here, to the original design. The original design is that your identity has been restored, that you are like Him, and that you have all of the, the things that God produces through His image, they manifest through your life. To where you are productive, you are abundant, you are victorious. Listen, Jesus didn't die to give you a warfare. He died to give you a victory. If you have to defeat the devil, then really he should have said it is started. Not it's finished. It's finished, why? Because he really did accomplish it. You're not trying to gain victory. You're actually enforcing the victory of Jesus in every situation. So when man falls, when man falls, here's what happens. Um, the term I've been using lately is broken systems. Broken systems are introduced into the earth. And so you have, and, and it happens in two, if I had a whiteboard, I would do this, right? So you have the fall, you have broken systems, and then you have two areas where these broken systems manifest. One area is man as an individual. And the broken system is in my thinking and in my heart. Man's mind and heart were broken. This is Romans chapter 1, where it says that the, the thoughts became empty and the heart became darkened after the fall. So what, why is that important? Because now with this darkened mind, this darkened heart, man is now seeing God wrong. And he's running from the very one he used to walk with. He's hiding from the one that he used to, to operate with in, in communion, right? Now, on this side over here, here's where these broken systems come in. This is the broken systems in creation. 
And it's in the fall that every crisis known to man begins. Corruption, slavery, poverty, religion. Every social crisis that you see in the earth today begins at the fall and, and, and it's broken systems manifesting in the earth. Does that make sense? In, inferior systems, because the original governing system was the kingdom of God. When man falls, now it's inferior systems that the enemy has taken and, and tried to manipulate and tried to make people servants of those systems. So you have man over here, broken system in the heart and mind, and you have creation over here, broken systems operating in the earth. Everybody with me? Are we all right? So, so here's what happens is when Jesus comes on the scene, he restores humanity not just to forgiven, not just to where, oh, yeah, I'm forgiven, thank you, Jesus, but I'm still a wretched sinner. I'm still a worthless worm, Right? I'm worthless, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, but hey, thank God I'm forgiven. And just try harder. Do your best. No, no. listen, you didn't just get forgiven, you got totally transformed. Totally restored to the original intention of God. And the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to heal the broken system in our mind and in our thoughts. This is reformation. That in your mind and thoughts, in your life, you have experienced a reformation. You've experienced a transformation, right? To do what now? Because this is Romans 1 where it says that the mind and the heart. Over here where the systems in creation, that's Romans 8. We're going to do some teaching this morning. Is that okay? This is Romans 8 where the earth is what? Groaning, travailing. For what? It doesn't say that the earth is groaning and travailing for God to show up. It says it's groaning and travailing for the sons of God, the daughters of God, those who have been reformed by being restored to the original intention. What do they do? They now go on this side and they invade the systems of this world and bring a reformation into the systems just like they experienced in their own existence. That what you have experienced in God, you are a carrier of reformation, a carrier of transformation that wherever you go, school system, government, community, whatever business, that you now bring that reformation to those systems. Kingdom reformation is about bringing these systems back to the original intention of God. You with me? Who, well, but see, notice, it doesn't say that, the, that creation is longing for God. It's longing for you. Longing for you to show up. Why? Because you're actually the first fruits of what's going to happen in the nations. You're the first fruits of what's going to happen in the systems of society. You are the first fruits. You know, you know what first fruits are, right? Whenever they had a field... In the Old Testament, the, the first, let's just say it was, it was wheat, the first that would mature in the field, they would gather that and they would offer it to the Lord as a first fruits offering. And it was basically saying, Lord, we are trusting you and we're thanking you that the rest of this field is going to look like what we have brought right here. The first fruits will define what the rest of the field looks like. So if they brought a first fruits of wheat, how many of you know the field's not going to produce barley? 
Because it, it's the first fruits is the clear picture of what the whole thing is going to look like by the end. <laughs> You're the first fruits of what all creation will experience. You're the first fruits of what education and government and business and every area you can think of in society, what culture will look like because of the transformation and the reformation that has happened in you where Jesus has restored you, not just down here, not just a forgiven, worthless saint. Powerful. Authority. Clarity. Wholeness. Reformation. Transformation. One with God, carrying solutions for every crisis in the earth today. You were not born five years too early, five years too late. You were not born a day off. You were born specifically for such a time as this. Because within you are the solutions for the crisis of this generation. Within you are the solutions for the crisis of whatever system God has thrust you into so that you become the solution for that crisis. What's, what we have done, what we, religion has taught us is to separate from society, creating a vacuum that darkness filled, and then we turned around and judged the darkness. And then we say, well, the only solution, Jesus, come soon. <laughs> Jesus, just bail us out. How many of you know that the return of Jesus is not a government bailout program? <laughs> it is not God's big government bailout program. It is actually <laughs> Jesus is coming back because we have established the kingdom of God in the earth. Because He has restored your identity, He has restored your capacity to bring reformation into the systems of this world. The Lord said this to me some time back. He said, um, he said, because you have the nature of God, that's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 uh, and following. He says, because you have the nature of God, you have the capacity of God. He said, you actually have my capacity to see the finished product. To see what, it's, to see what it originally was supposed to look like and to see what it's going to become. You have that capacity so what we've done is religion has taught us to criticize, to judge. But how many know you can't father what you criticize? You can't transform what, you're, what you've judged because you will not deem it worthy of transformation. So we demonize everything. We demonize the political party we don't like or the president we don't like. We demonize everything so that we don't have a responsibility to father in those areas. Whatever I deep, this is why in the church it was like, well, yeah, she's got a Jezebel spirit. <laughs> oh, he's the spirit of Absalom. See, whenever I attach a, 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 demon, a demonic assignment to somebody, well, now I'm released from trying to bring restoration. I'm not going to, I don't need, that, that's a Jezebel spirit. That's a spirit of, of, of Absalom or spirit of, uh, you know, Judas, right? That's that Judas spirit at work right there, brother. And so, hey, well, then let, let the judgment of God fall on them. Listen, hey, been there, done that. Oh, you're, you're so lucky you didn't know me 25 years ago. <laughs> People, I mean, we really did that kind of stuff back in the day, right? I mean, we were like real hardcore, real, real. I mean, like you had, 
If someone was really rude, oh, they must be prophetic. <laughs> if someone was really weird, oh, they're an intercessor. <laughs> so we, we just kind of had these, these, these thought processes, right? Oh, he's really rude and mean. He's definitely a prophet. And, and, but how many of you know that no ministry exi- is exempt from the love of Jesus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I'll tell you, that religious, religious lies, right? And so whenever we demonize society, we demonize, you know, politics, we demonize whatever out there. It's be, but the thing you got to realize, the only reason it's existing is because I didn't show up. We didn't show up. In Texas, we, you know, we, we talk about squatters. Squatters' rights and all of that, Right. You know, a squatter will remain in a territory until the true heirs show up. And when the true heirs show up, they have legal authority to that territory. And the squatters have to go. See, I want to tell you that the enemy no longer has dominion in the earth. He's just a squatter. (laughs) And the children of the, the, the heirs... The heirs of the owner, the heirs of the king, need to show up into the territory and say, listen, it's time for you to go. This is not your territory. This is not your territory. Amen? And so in Daniel 7, I said Daniel 7 like an hour ago. <laughs> we're going to get there. I'm from Texas, y'all. We get, it might be a little slow, but we're going to get there. All right? <laughs> and so here's, here's what we, we begin to realize is that Daniel 7, and man, the Lord started, started to show me this years ago. Daniel 7 is a behind-the-scenes picture of what's happening at the cross. The cross, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, all right? The completed work of Christ. Daniel 7 is a behind-the-scenes picture. I'm, I'm the guy that when they're saying all this on the news or they're saying all this on social media, it's like, you know, I don't I want some friends on the inside that are telling me what's really going on. That's the kind of guy I, I want to know what's the real story. I don't want to know all the fluff and all the nonsense and all the, all the lingo that what's really going on over here, right? So, and, and that's just kind of my nature. I think that's why I love revelation, which revelation means unveiling, right? Uncover or unveil. So I love revelation so much because of that. I want to know what's the real story here. And so in Daniel 7, we have a behind-the-scenes picture of what Jesus is accomplishing in our behalf. And what you see in Daniel 7 is, um, so I'll give you a little background. Uh, how many of you remember the, the, in Daniel 2, going back five chapters, in Daniel 2, there's this image in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. You remember that image, head of gold, chest of silver, belly of bronze, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. And Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he's like, hey, I want you, and he doesn't tell anybody what it is. He's like, I want you all to tell me what I dreamed and what it means. And all his magicians and sorcerers are like, you're crazy. Nobody's ever asked this of of guys like us. But, of course, here comes Daniel, right? And Daniel says, there is a God who reveals secrets. There is a God who knows mysteries, reveals these mysteries. And so Daniel reveals to Nebuchadnezzar, here's what you dreamed. Now, those, those, um, that image has four kingdoms, four inferior systems, all right? These were world powers. He says it's Babylon, 
It's the Medes and Persians, it's the Greeks, and it's the Romans. Right? Everybody with me? Now, in that, in that dream, here's what happens. It says that, uh, Daniel says, and you saw a stone cut out without hands from a mountain. And that stone was thrown at the feet of the image. And it, when it hits the feet of the image, the whole image comes down. He says, and then that stone became a great mountain that filled the whole earth. When did Jesus come to the earth? When was he born? Well, it would have been towards the latter part of the Roman Empire, right? They had already been in charge for a long time. Jesus, the stone, it comes from the mountain that's in heaven, the kingdom of God, comes to the earth. So the, in other words, the, the image is actually a timeline. The image is a timeline of when Jesus comes to the earth and restores the kingdom of God in the earth. Because that stone becomes a great mountain. Mountains in Scripture very often are kingdoms. So here's what we're seeing in Daniel 2. We're seeing these four pieces of the image. The stone from heaven, Jesus, He is the rock, comes to the earth and begins to bring down the counterfeit systems and produce the kingdom of God that covers the whole earth. Everybody with me? Keep that in mind because here in Daniel 7, Daniel says that there are four beasts. Now, whenever we hear the word beast, what's the first thing we think? Antichrist, right? Some kind of like end time thing. But here's the thing. Beasts in Daniel are inferior governing systems. They're counterfeits. Counterfeits to the true kingdom of God. Everybody with me? Are we going too deep? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so here's Daniel. He sees these four beasts. These four beasts are the same four parts of the image in Daniel 2. They're inferior systems. And here's what happens. Verse 9, Daniel 7 verse 9 he says, I watched until thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued. In other words, this, this river of fire came from the throne. And it came forth from before him, a thousand thousands ministered to him, ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, the court was seated, and the books were opened. You and I are getting a glimpse of a heavenly court scene. And what's happening here is it says that the Father, the Ancient of Days, is taking his seat and a judgment is being made. In fact, what you're going to see here in Daniel 7, there are three judgments that come from the Father. And you're, you're involved in one of them. You are involved in the judgment of God. Now, I know right now it sounds scary, but it's really good. All right? So don't get worried. You, in other words, how many you know you can stand in a courtroom and a judgment is made against the person accusing you and in favor of you? How many you know you've been judged? And the judgment is good. This is, the, this is what we're going to see about the judgment of the Father. So here's the thing, is that when this happens, uh, right, you can write this down, John 16, 11, Jesus says that the ruler of this world is about to be judged and cast out from a position. That's right before the cross. 
So we know that what Jesus is about to do on the cross is actually going to cause for what, who, was, who used to be the ruler of this world to be cast out of that position and thrown down and rendered powerless. And that's what we're about to see here. Everybody with me? So here's what happens. <clears throat> it says here, here, there's three judgments involved here. The first judgment is against the beast. And it says here that in verse 12, that dominion was removed from the beast. All of these, these four beasts that are here. It says dominion was removed from the beast. You know what that means? It means that behind the scenes, one of the things that's happening in the cross and in the resurrection is that Jesus is actually taking back dominion from the enemy that he stole from Adam and Eve. The, 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 the enemy became a, a supplanter, right? He usurped authority from humanity. And let's say it this way. The one who had no authority, no dominion, came to those who had it and talked enough until he got them to buy into their lie. And then he used their authority. And this is, this is Romans 1 as well, that there was an exchange that took place, that they, they, they took the lie and gave over the authority, the dominion, the image of God. They exchanged the image for a lie. So here's the first thing we see, is that at the cross, the first judgment the Father is making is against the beast, against what the counterfeit systems, the dominion the enemy took from Adam and Eve and used that dominion to produce these counterfeit systems in the earth. This is the first judgment of God in the cross, is that it's against the beast. It's against the dominion and takes back dominion that Adam lost. Everybody with me? Let me say it this way. How many of you know everything has changed on this side of the cross? On that side of the cross, the devil was powerful, had dominion. Wasn't his, but he stole it. On this side of the cross, dominion is removed. His dominion is stripped. It says that, his, that the life was allowed to be in the earth, but no dominion attached to it. On this side of the cross, sin was very powerful. On this side of the cross, there's victory over sin. On this side of the cross, your identity was not very good. On this side of the cross, your identity is restored. That makes sense? Everything has changed. Now, we, we see Jesus making statements like the prince of this world or the ruler of this world. And we think that is today. It's not. That's B.C. That's before the cross. Everybody with me? That's before the cross. Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and where? Earth. Have been given to who? Jesus. If he says all authority in heaven and earth have been given to him, how much does the enemy have? You get an A. But yet we, we think, oh, the, the devil is out. See, the Lord said to me, he said, Ryan, the condition of a city is not a reflection of how powerful darkness is. It's a reflection of how much light is lacking. And we look at the condition of a city or an industry or, or whatever system that's out there, and we think the devil is in charge. No, 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 not really. In fact, not only does he have no dominion, he seeks our agreement to use our dominion. See, what am I speaking over my city? What am I speaking over people? What am I, see, uh, 
Heaven and hell are both looking for your agreement. The Lord said to me, um, he said, Ryan, all sp- this, is, this is when he was redefining my, my thoughts on spiritual warfare and all of that. He said, Ryan, all spiritual warfare is is a battle over your agreement, and the weapons are truth and lies. I mean, I, I thought spiritual warfare was about battling demons. No, it's actually about maintaining my authority and my dominion for the purposes of God, not the lies of the enemy. That makes sense? So, so here's the second judgment that's made by the Father in Christ's completed work, verses 13 and 14. Look at this here. He says, And I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, most people would interpret this as the second coming, that Jesus is coming to the earth. That's actually not what it says. It says here that it says, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient of days. Oh, so he didn't come to the earth. He actually came to the Father. So this is not the second, this is not the return of Jesus. This is actually the ascension of Jesus after the cross. Everybody with me? This is when he ascends to the Father. He comes to the ancient of days. It says, and they brought him near before him, before the ancient of days. Here's the second judgment of the Father. The first is against the beast. Dominion is removed from the beast. The second judgment is in favor of the Son. Verse 14, then to him, to Jesus, was given what? Dominion. That was the very thing that was taken from the beast, right? Given to Jesus dominion and glory and what? A kingdom. What? Does the Father give Jesus in the ascension dominion, glory, and a kingdom? If you say this hasn't happened, this is going to be in the future, then what we're saying is at this present time, Jesus does not have dominion, does not have glory, and does not have a kingdom. (laughs) In fact, uh, when you read, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 15, where it talks about, um, he says, then the end will come when the Son gives the kingdom to the Father. So the end is not the Father giving the Son the kingdom, it's the Son giving the Father the kingdom. So this right here is, he says, the Father gives to the Son what? Dominion, glory, and a kingdom. And you're saying, well, man, okay, well, what does this have to do with me? Everything. Everything, because the first thing we need to understand, if we're going to be reformers, if we're going to bring transformation, the first thing you need to understand is that whatever it looks like, whatever darkness seems to be powerful, it is illegally squatting on the territory of the king. That's the first thing you got to realize. The devil does not have a right to anything that is out there. He's just operating from the permission we've allowed. Now, How many would like to see how God has judged you? I know I'm using language that scares you because I can feel it. Like, judge, oh my God, I thought we don't, there's judgment, oh no. It's all right, I can feel it, it's all good. As soon as I said it earlier, the judgment of God. I'm so scared right now. But here's the thing. When you see the judgment of God from the lens of what Jesus has accomplished, you realize His judgment is for you, not against you. 
He has made a judgment. You have been judged by God already, and it's in your favor. Are you with me? <laughs> All right, so here's what happens. And there's a few things. There's a few verses here um, that, are, that are really important for us because uh, there's actually, it says the same thing in a couple of different ways. And one of them here, it says that, um, he says these great, verse 17, these great beasts, which are for kingdoms, literally in the, in the original, uh, he says they'll arise out of the earth. He says, look at verse 18, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom. Who are the saints of the Most High? Any saints in here? All right, I got about six. Good. <clears throat> Maybe seven. Now, now, here's the thing. You know, you remember this church called Corinth in the New Testament? And Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and they're like the, they are the most carnal church you've ever experienced. I mean, they have all kinds of immoral issues, all kinds of problems, division, you know, uh, everybody's against everybody. And Paul starts the letter by saying this, to the saints at Corinth, to the holy ones at Corinth. See, saint means holy one. That's who you are. The very first time the word holy is ever mentioned in Scripture is uh, when, when Moses is at the burning bush and the Lord says to him, uh, to remove your shoes because what? The ground is holy. The ground is holy. And then, so let me ask you this. What did the ground do to become holy? The, the ground didn't do anything to become holy. Moses is standing on this holy ground, and God says, hey, take off your shoes. It's holy. Why is it holy? Because I'm here. Because the holy one took up residence on that piece of dirt, and because he took up residence on that piece of dirt, Moses is standing in holiness. <laughs> hey, guess what? God's taking up residence in this dirt. <laughs> What's that make you? Holy. Makes you holy. Yeah. And it's not your fault. <laughs> it's your holy and it's all his fault. Amen? So, so this thing here, um, in this third, hopefully you're getting something out of this so far. But I love what it says here. It says that the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom, verse 18, and possess the kingdom forever, even forever. And then look at this, we'll drop down to uh, verse 21. He says that the, uh, he says, I was watching and this horn, which was uh, a mouthpiece for the beast, was making war against the saints and prevailing until the ancient of days came. And a judgment, listen, a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Oh my goodness. At the cross, there are three judgments that have been made against the beast to remove that dominion in favor of Christ to give him dominion, glory, and a kingdom, and in favor of the saints of the Most High to give the saints the kingdom of God. That you, the time has come for you to possess the kingdom of God. Amen? Hey, this is all what Jesus accomplished. Oh, well, this is a little piece of it, I should say. It's not the whole thing, but this is what Jesus accomplished. And so the Father has already judged you, and He has judged you worthy of His kingdom. Worthy to represent His kingdom. Worthy to be a citizen in His kingdom and to be an ambassador of His kingdom. 
Amen? So one more verse here. Um, and this one, this one kind of gives a little, you know, Daniel's like, hey, listen, I'm really confused. Please tell me more. <laughs> Daniel's, Daniel keeps asking, what does this mean? What does that mean? And so, so he asks again, tell me, what, what's going on with all this? And so in verse 26 and 27, this, this angel says, look, let me just make it real simple for you. He says, the court will be seated. Let me tell you something. You don't need to go, you don't need to keep going to a court that has already rendered a verdict in your favor. You don't need to go to, up there and convince them, hey, God, give me a verdict in my favor. That's already been done. That was done. You might need to go up there sometimes and just remind yourself, be reminded of what, what he has done, of the judgment he has made in your favor. See, for the kingdom to be given to you, it means that everything in the kingdom is yours. You have legal access to everything in the kingdom of God. Let me say it this way. Um, the kingdom of God, how many know the kingdom of God is the government of God? Okay? It is a territory. It is a government. Okay? And so, therefore, it does have resources. It has influence. It has an army. It's called angels. The host of heaven. The army of heaven. Right? Everything in the kingdom of God has been made available to you. What does it mean to be an ambassador? It means that one country is sending a person into a foreign country, and that person is representing the country of the homeland, right? And everything in that country, how many know that an ambassador is not paying for, paying for his own plane ticket, not paying for his own living quarters? He's not having to pay for, for protection. All, the country that he comes from or that she comes from is providing everything. The ambassador is an embodiment of the country they represent. You with me? So here's the thing. Um, this might be too soon, but you slap a citizen and it's called assault. <laughs> too soon. Oscars. Whatever. I was using that illustration before anything ever happened. All right. You slap a citizen, it's called assault. You slap an ambassador, it's an act of war. Because the ambassador embodies the country. And the country now is responsible to back up the ambassador. Are you with me? You are an ambassador of the country of heaven, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You are a representative in this territory of that territory. And, and anything that is necessary for you to accomplish the mission and the goals of the king, all the resources and all the backing are provided to you because you represent that country. So the finances, the resources, the influence, the favor... If, you, if something opposes you, you have an army at your disposal. You don't need to get distracted by it and start trying to, you know, you know ninja kick the devil. I, that's what I, I mean, we, back in the day, we were, we were trying to fight everything that we thought was in opposition to us. Rather than saying, you know what, I've got a country that has an army. If, I'm being, if something's opposing me, I'm just releasing the army of God on it. 
I'm releasing the army of God into that whole situation, right? If there's an area where, man, there, you know, finances or provision or favor or whatever, Father, I thank you that I'm an ambassador and everything in the country of heaven is available to me. So I'm pulling on those resources. I'm calling those resources in. Does that make sense? Now, <clears throat> let me read this to you in Daniel 7. It says here in verse 26, he says, But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, talking about the enemy, to consume and destroy it forever. Listen to verse 27. Then the kingdom, say kingdom, and dominion, say dominion, and the what? The greatness of the kingdoms under where? What would that be? Pretty much the whole earth. What's under heaven? It's pretty much the whole earth. He says, then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Do you see what this is saying? It says here that the kingdom and the dominion has been given to you, and the greatness of the kingdoms. That's everything in the earth. Everything in the earth. Every broken system. Every counterfeit system. Everything that is out there has been given to the saints. To do what? To bring it into the original design. To bring it into reformation. This is what you have been given. Our mission is not... Hold on till Jesus comes back. <laughs> that would have been, I mean, that's where my mission was for a long time. I just hold on. We're weak. We're powerless. Satan is the ruler of this world. And somehow Jesus is going to get us out of here pretty fast. <laughs> that's not true. It's not true. What it really is saying to us is this, is that the dominion of the enemy has been removed Glory, dominion, and a kingdom given to Jesus. And then it says glory, I mean, it says kingdom and dominion given to you. And then it gets more specific of everything under the heavens. Everything. So here's the thing, guys. You have been judged by God. And that judgment is in your favor. And that judgment is about dominion and authority in the earth that you are the ones bringing a reformation in society. Amen? And it's all legal. Jesus made it all legal. And so, um, man, we could get into some stuff with this, but we're going to keep it shorter. <laughs> all right? Um, again, you might see signs of the squatter, but he is illegally operating until the true heirs show up. That's who you are. Whatever, wherever it looks like darkness, it's only because light hasn't shown up yet. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so let me, um, let me end with an with a, uh, encounter that I had. And um, <clears throat> what time is it here? Let's see. All right. Is this, is this all right? We good? This helping? One of the things that my, you know, I really was like, Lord... Uh, I felt like last night the Lord wanted me to share on Daniel 7, specifically to engage our mindset, right? 
that what you have experienced in your life, remember the two sides of the fall, what you've experienced in your life, you are the first fruits to bring that into society. And, it, and here's the thing too, part of those systems, how many know that family is, is part of the systems in society? I love how in Hebrews 11, there are people mentioned in Hebrews 11, like, for example, Jacob. Uh, you remember Jacob is the one that has this open heaven with the ladder, angels ascending and descending. Jacob is the one who wrestles with the angel. You remember that? Yet he's not mentioned for any of those in Hebrews 11. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11 because he blessed his sons. He's not mentioned for the supernatural encounters he had. He's mentioned because of the family spirit that he had. That's amazing to me. And, it's, and, it, and it shows us the value of prophesying to our children, of speaking destiny into them, right? Because that's what he was doing. He was, he was releasing the word of the Lord over their future. So I had this encounter um, several years ago where I was, in this, uh, I, was with, I was in this conference and I was worshiping the Lord. I was just minding my own business. And I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. You're, you know, you're good and all of these things. And all of a sudden, two hands show up out of nowhere, grab my arms, and pull me up over the city. I'm standing over my city, and I can see my city. And the first thing that I see is a huge, fat snake around the city. And the Lord says to me, don't focus on that. So I look in the middle of the city, and I can see this uh, spark of bright light, this white light that I can see in the center of the city. There's a light that's sparking, and I'm like, man, I'm looking at that. And I knew in the encounter, man, that's the activity of God. That's what God is doing. It's the glory of God, the activity of God, right? And I'm looking at that, and the more that I looked at it, the, more, the brighter it became. And it got brighter. It got so bright I couldn't see the snake anymore. All I could see was the glory of God. All I could see was, was the brightness of what he was doing in my city. And then the Lord says to me about the snake, he says, it's that big because it's been empowered by too many prophets and intercessors. And I was like, come on, <laughs> what? What are you saying? He says, it's been empowered by too many prophets and intercessors. And I don't know about you, but back in the day, every time, you know, prophets and intercessors got together, it was rarely about what God was doing, and it was usually about what the enemy was doing. And so he said to me, he said, Ryan, he said, whatever you focus on, you will magnify. He says, and whatever you magnify, you will empower. That's why the snake had been empowered by too many prophets and intercessors, because it was all we were focused on. What's the enemy doing? What's the spirit of this? And we, there's a new principality we got to try to tear down. There's a new spirit we got to try to take down. And so he said to me, he says, no, he says, whatever you focus on, you will magnify. And whatever you magnify, you will empower. He said, this is why David said, in the middle of opposition, come let us magnify the Lord together. In the middle of the, of the worst stuff you're going through, the greatest thing you can do is come and magnify the Lord together. Because I can tell you from my own life, man, I've magnified the enemy so many times and it's all I could see. All I could see was the enemy's activity. And I'll tell you what, the, you will find whatever you're looking for. 
You'll find whatever you're looking for. And man, I was looking for I was looking for the enemy in every corner, and guess what? He showed up in every corner. And I thought, man, my discernment's really good. No, actually, he it's not really. I felt like, man, I can discern every demon in every corner. And but and, and you know, and what I would call spiritual warfare, man, I, it was really shadow boxing. You think, man, you're, you're just, you're going after something. You're, 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 man, I've been battling the devil all week, brothers and sisters. <laughs> and it's like, not really. No, no, not really. And here's the thing. I, I was empowering a disempowered enemy. His dominion has been removed, but in my mind, he still had dominion. He still had power. He still was in charge. And man, we got to try to take him out. I got to try to finish what Jesus didn't do. Good try, Jesus. I'll take over from here. <laughs> I got it. I got your back, Jesus. All right? And so this was where it, this, whole, this whole thing began to shift for me. And this is when the Lord started talking to me about things like you can fight the darkness all day or you can turn the light on. I was like, oh, that sounds so much easier. <laughs> I'm so tired. And how many of you know that, with, especially in that prophetic and intercession model of always trying to battle, see, we're so busy battling, we never enjoy the victory of Jesus. Because I didn't realize what had happened at the cross. I didn't realize that Jesus actually thinks he accomplished something. Heaven actually thinks Jesus accomplished something. We need to catch up to what heaven already knows. So I, I was seeing this huge snake, and God's like, don't focus on that. It's wrong. He says, you need to shift your focus. And so when he started talking to me about this in, in the encounter, about focusing on what he was doing, and how when I, when I began to focus on, on, on what his activity was, I wasn't even distracted anymore by the snake. It was like, whatever. Are there things that are happening? Are there things the enemy's doing? Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Seeing it from the place of authority and dominion versus seeing it from the place of defeat. That's what had to change for me. And, and so here's what, uh, here's what the Lord began to teach me from that encounter. One of the things, you remember Isaiah chapter 6. He says, um, King Uzziah is dead. The whole nation is in sin. This is Isaiah saying. And he says, and even I'm unclean. He says, we have a political crisis. We have a national sin crisis. And even the leadership is in crisis. That was Isaiah's words. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound like things you're hearing from, from some platforms? <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, so he's going through this whole thing. And all of a sudden, these angelic creatures show up. And they begin to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then they say this, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Did you catch that? Isaiah is saying the whole earth is in crisis. Everything is terrible, wrong, bad. And the angels show up and they say the whole earth is full of his glory. Heaven was saying something different than what the prophet was saying. And so they have to take these coals from the altar, and they have to touch Isaiah's lips. 
They have to burn out of Isaiah's words what doesn't align with heaven's words. And I believe that that's here. (laughs) I believe that there is a grace here for the coals of heaven to touch our lips to where we only speak in alignment with what Jesus has accomplished. We only speak in alignment with what the kingdom mandate is. And we speak according to what the Father has done. The Father has said to the, to the enemy, dominion removed. To the Son, dominion, glory, and, and kingdom given to you. And then to us, dominion and a kingdom given to you. This is what's happened. And what we've been saying in the church for so many years, it's so dark, the enemy's taking control, the political crisis, the sin crisis in our nation. We have had a message that has been contrary to the message of the kingdom of God. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) So here's what I would do. I want to pray for us. Let's stand together. The squatter will hide in the shadows until he has been dispossessed. He has been removed by those who have legal dominion over the territory. You have legal dominion over the territory. You have legal authority over atmosphere and over territory. You are the first fruits of what the earth will look like. Redeemed, restored, back to the original. And right now, what I want to just declare, and this is what I'm sensing this is here, and it's not only just <clears throat> because of something that God's going to do for us, but it's also something that I believe is going to be carried by this house. And that is that in this house, the coals of heaven will be present here and will go forth with you to shift the language within the body of Christ, to shift the language within the saints, to shift the language from focusing on everything the enemy is doing and a defeated, hopeless mindset to saying, no, 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 no. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, we've got this political crisis. No, no, the whole earth is full of His glory. All the sin in America, the whole nation is full of His glory. And so we're shifting our focus. We're coming into agreement with what the Ancient of Days has established. This is what He has said. This is what He has rendered. This is the judgment of the Father against the enemy in favor of the Son and in favor of you. And He's not taking it back. He's not going to render a different verdict. It is done. It is finished. It is final. Sealed. And nobody's going up there to change anything. I want to tell you, his judgment over America is in favor of America. His judgment over Mexico is in favor of Mexico. His judgment over Canada, over Africa, over Europe, over the Ukraine, over Russia, over China, his judgment is in favor. I had an encounter where I was taken into a room that had plans over a nation that I was asking the Lord about. A nation that persecutes Christianity, that is very, very harsh against Christianity. And I saw all these plans of the enemy. 
And I saw, you know, all these things. And I said, okay, Lord, I see that, but what do you say? And he said, my, my plan for that nation is that it will be a peaceful and prosperous nation. He said, my plan is that the voice of the people will be heard and not suppressed because their government is operating contrary to what they want to see happen. He says, and he just starts going, my plan is this, my plan is that. And the Lord taught me years ago, don't prophesy the plan of the enemy as though it were the plan of God. You might see the plans of the enemy for America. Don't prophesy that. You might see, listen, let's make it real simple. The enemy, kill, steal, destroy. God, life and life in abundance. If what we're seeing is kill, steal, destroy, that's the, that's the plan of the enemy, not the plan of God. And we need to shift over and, and, not, and not say, well, this is what's going to happen because I saw it. No, no. You, might have, you, you saw it so that you could shift it and actually bring the purposes of God instead of the plans of the enemy. That makes sense? You, may, you might have seen it. There's some things. I mean, I saw the plan of the enemy for that nation. But I, but I knew already not to release that. I need to release the plan of the Lord. Lord said to me years ago during this whole thing with the snake and all, when he was redefining spiritual warfare for me, he said, Ryan, you can know all the enemy's plans for the next hundred years and it won't do you a bit of good. He said, but you can know one of my plans and it will begin to unravel all of his. So I declare that you will be a people who know the plans of God, the plans of, of, of the Lord, the plans of the kingdom, the plans of, of the intentions of God. And I, and I keep seeing, you know, and so just a prophetic picture, because um, <clears throat> it says they took the coals from the altar. I keep seeing that altar here in, in this house where the coals are present. And I know that you're going to give coals. You're going you're gonna to touch the lips of people to begin to align with what the Father says, what the Father has determined as truth. I told you last night, the Lord said to me, he says, your discernment might be accurate, but it may not be truth. Your discernment might be accurate. I might accurately discern something in a region or in a person, but what the Father says about them, that is the truth. So I might discern that addiction, but what's the Father say? I might discern that depression, but what's the Father say? I might discern that plan over the region, but what's the Father say? Don't get stuck on lower level revelation. Listen, been there, done that. I lived from lower level revelation for a long time. <laughs> and I could never figure out why things aren't changing. <laughs> we, need, we need to see from the position of being seated with Christ. Amen? Does that make sense? So let's just do a prophetic act. Let's just let's take the coal in our hands and let's put it on our mouth. And I just declare over you that you will be a voice, a mouthpiece only for the things that are coming from the mouth of God, that you will carry the coals of heaven to declare in the earth the plans of the Father, to declare in the earth what the Father has established and what the Father sees to be established because you have the capacity of God to see the end product. And so I declare that you are a people who carry the voice of the Father, who carry the voice of reformation, who carry the voice of the original intention of God. In fact, this is a house that carries the dreams of God that will align with what God has originally dreamed and intended. And I declare to you that you will release in the earth what is in the dream of the Father. And that your words will only speak in alignment 
to what is in his heart. And I thank you, Father, that they will be carriers of the coals of heaven, the carriers of the language of heaven that will shift the words in people's mouths, that will shift what intercessors and prophets are declaring, that will shift what leaders are declaring. And so I thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. How many receive that? Can we give the Lord a thanks for that? Thank you, Lord. So I, uh, I know you're going to get tired of standing in for a second here, in a second here, um, but I just want to bless you. I uh, appreciate the, um, the opportunity to come and share. I felt like I was asking the Lord, Lord, do we want to do prophetic ministry? Do we want to do, uh, and I felt like this was the main thing to, today. I feel like this is a house that you have actually um, a real strong already prophetic flow that's happening and, and purpose that's happening. And within you, there are, there are already uh, these, these things of the, of the purposes of the Lord and the dreams of the Lord. And what I felt this weekend was there was actually things that were being activated. Not because I'm here, but because of just what you've already been operating in, what you've already been carrying. And so this is a, this is a time of, of activating what's already inside, activating purposes, activating reformation, activating that language, that voice that is going to be clear in the earth. Amen? Does that make sense? And so I, I just, yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that, and now I'm getting prophetic stuff. So, Jeez. It's like, all right. Lord's, Lord's just ruining all my prophetic plans. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, thank you, Jesus. Um, can I get down here? Is that all right? Is that um, I don't know if the camera guy is going to get mad, but so, um, uh, sister, what, what I saw or what I heard earlier was the name uh, Anna in the Gospels, where it says that Anna, who was in the temple all the time, she was in intercession, she was in prayer, and she actually sees Jesus as a baby come into the temple. She had the ability to recognize things in their birth, in their infancy, before they were ever matured. And so it's this prophetic intercessor type of grace that's upon your life, uh, to where you are, the, you are a voice uh, for those that don't have a voice for themselves. You're a voice for those that don't know what to say or how to say it. And through your intercession, through your prayer life, through your prophetic, uh, in, you know, the prophetic that's inside of you, you actually become a voice and you help them to discover their voice and to discover the purposes and plans of God for their life. And so much of what you do is behind the scenes, but it's, vis- but it's actually manifested, um, and, and, uh, and you don't even care if you get the glory for it. <laughs> and, so, and so that's where the Lord, I just see where the Lord is going to continue um, to reveal and to clarify, and that your voice will be, uh, will be amplified into speaking the clarity of God. But it's like Anna in the... Uh, in the Gospels, or Anna, where she was, she was this prophetess in the temple, praying day and night, and she sees, the, she sees what nobody else recognized. It was just in the infancy. It was just in the beginning stages. And so I just see where you bless those things that are just being birthed, and they mature, and they come into what God declares. Amen? Does that make sense to you? And so I just bless you, um, and thank you, Lord. And I just say that what you have sown into other families you will reap in your own. 
the prayers and the declarations and the breakthroughs that you have sown into others, into their families, into their, you will reap in your own loved ones, in your own families. And we just call that the generations that, that, that flow from your family, from your line, that they, will, that they will function completely in the purposes of God, that they will operate in everything that God has designed for them to operate in. And so I just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, we always use sowing and reaping kind of like a lot of times we hear that in like a scary mode, right? Like you're going to reap what you sow, sister. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the good stuff. Amen. It's the good stuff. Yeah. So that's good. I like that. Um, I don't want to assume anything. Are, are you all together, married? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, good. Because when I was in the back, I saw you all, I saw you being a model um, to other couples, and that what you have had to overcome and what you have had to, uh, to navigate through, that you have learned lessons uh, not through books but through the hard knocks, like the University of Hard Knocks, right? And, and I saw where the, um, where the choices that you made for your family, the choices that you made uh, for, for what you believed were the purposes of God, that the Lord, you're going to begin to see a, a return because your choices were an investment, and you're going to see return on your investment. And I saw where you would model to others what, uh, what that choice for, for one another, that choice for family, that choice for marriage, that you would be a model to others to encourage them and to build them and to strengthen them because of what you have operated yourselves in. And so I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Um, <clears throat> Brother, what's your name, bro? Eric. Eric, I saw, I saw your heart. I saw you presenting your heart before the Lord and just saying, you know what, Lord, I'm just taking my hands off of it, and I'm just trusting you. And whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, Lord, I, I, it's all yours. And so I feel like you've, you've entered into a place of greater surrender, a place of just saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. And I, and I just, and I call the finances and the, um, I don't know, it's like business finances, you know, all that. Kind of, I just call that to you because in your, in your birthing, I saw the word success written over you. And the enemy has tried to, to bring a counter to that, a counterfeit to that. But I want to tell you that the Lord has called you in every area of your life, health, Marriage, family, you know, finances, business, all has, called, has, has put the word success over it. And so I just release you into the original dream of God for your life, into the success of the kingdom, that you will prosper. In fact, I release to you Deuteronomy 8.18, which says, I give you the, the power to create wealth. And, uh, and where this, and, and there were some areas that tried to, to try to put a, um, oh, what's kind of like, man, bro, you're not a real man, man, you, you know, all these, these lies. Um, I see where, where you are breaking free from the words and the lies that have tried to hit at you. They were like arrows or like darts that just kept trying to come at you. And, um, and I just see you just becoming fully convinced of who the Father says you are. And all those things that have tried to stick on you, um, even, even the words of people, the words of the past, the words of the enemy, all that stuff is just being knocked off of you. And, and, uh, and you're going to step into the man of God that you were always meant to be. 
Does that make sense to you, bro? And, and I feel, uh, what's your name? Sarah. That's a great name. Um, <clears throat> Sarah, I, I see where you have been a model of perseverance, where you have stood even when the winds were contrary, and even when everything said it's not going to work, like you have been persistent in the faith of God. And you have believed for your family. You've believed for your future. You've believed for, for the situations around you. And I just sense the, Father, um, I just sense the Father's pleasure in, in your stance. That you have been a woman who has learned how to stand. And, and even when you felt like you got knocked down, you get right back up and stand again. And so I just bless you. You have an authority to help people who are who are struggling with emotional up and down. There's an authority on you and a, and a wisdom and a counsel upon your life to, to bring them into a stability because you've had to learn what it means to be stable. And so people that are just like up and down and all over the place, you're going to have a word of wisdom, a word of counsel that will help them to be stable and to be strong. Amen? So I see, you in, I see you imparting to people the strength of God. Does that make sense to you? And, and, uh, and I just want to let you know that with the strength now is a greater dimension of joy. A greater dimension of joy that you've been, it's like there's been that, man, there's just something more, Lord. There's something, and, and I just see where the joy of the Lord, you remember it says the joy of the Lord is your strength? Yeah, I just thought about that. That's good, Lord. Thank you for that. And so, um, so the joy of the Lord you're going to begin to experience that like just from uh, in, in a spiritual way, but also like just like, man, all of a sudden I just feel like laughing and I'm a little uncomfortable right now, but I think, <laughs> but I think it's God. <laughs> and, uh, but even in things that would have got you down at one time, you're going to just, you know, it says like in Psalms that when, uh, when armies gather against the Lord, he just laughs. And when everything is against you, you're just going to laugh. You're going to laugh and say, oh, thank you, Lord. I, I want to see how this is going to come through, how, this, how you're going to pull this off, because it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Lord, for that. Um, oh, that's, that's good. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> All right, yeah. yeah. When I was saying that, I was just, I don't know why. The, I think it's because of the, the warrior spirit in y'all. Um, when I was saying that about joy, I, you remember that movie Gladiator? Yeah. And I feel like that was just part of that for y'all, that just the, uh, the ability to stand in the midst of opposition, but now not just stand, but laugh at it. <laughs> laugh at it. All right. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. Oh, Jesus. We okay? This all right? <clears throat> um, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, what's your name, bro, back here at the blue shirt? Chris. Chris? All right. Thank you, Lord, for Chris. Um, Father, I just I thank you for Chris. I just want to pray for you. Is that all right? Lord, I, I bless Chris in the name of Jesus. And I, I bless, um, Chris, I bless the work of your hands. I bless your heart. I bless your mind. I bless, um, wow, thank you, Lord. I bless your home and your family. And just declare that the, the favor of God is shining upon you. There is a light upon you, Chris. Uh, and it's the favor of his face that is upon you. And, uh, and Chris, I feel like where there have been areas where you've had to work really hard to try to get ahead or to try to get a breakthrough, um, there's something shifting now where, where you're going to begin to experience what the favor of God produces. 
where you've tried to open certain doors, where you've tried to, uh, to get certain things done, and it was really difficult or it was really hard or it was like took a lot. I just see where, you know, and it's, it's this verse, um, uh, the number 11, uh, Deuteronomy 11, I think 10 through 12, where it says, the land that you came from, you had to work really hard to get it to, to produce. But the land that I'm taking you to is a land that I care for and that it will produce from the reign of heaven and from the favor of God, that you will see more produced in this next stage of your life through favor than you have in the seasons of your life past through effort. And so I just bless you and declare that not only is that favor upon you, but this is a time of the strengthening of the Lord where you felt like, man, I'm just tired in some areas. And I just see where the Lord is strengthening you. I see where the Lord is encouraging you. And in fact, Chris, um, you carry a spirit of encouragement. I feel like you're an encouragement to people around you. And that you have a word of encouragement that the Lord is saying, I want you to release it more. Because sometimes it seems very simple to you and very normal to you, but it's actually very powerful to the hearer. And it does something in their spirit that you may not see right away, but the fruit will become evident. And so you're an encourager. You're uh, like Barnabas, son of encouragement. You don't have, you know, you don't have Paul the Apostle without Barnabas. Everybody focuses on how great Paul was, but nobody would have received Paul without Barnabas, and his name means son of encouragement. You're a Barnabas. You lift up the hands of others. You strengthen those that are around you. You speak a word in due season to those that are weary. That's Isaiah, I believe 50, verse 4 maybe. Um, But it says that, that, that you speak a word in due season to those that are weary, and I just release that to you. Because, uh, Chris, not only are you speaking a word in due season, but the Lord is putting you in season. Where you felt like you were kind of out of season or out of place, the Lord says, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you in season, in place, and you're going to begin to see the fruitfulness of the favor of God. And people are going to say, bro, I don't know what it is. Something's different. Something's changed. And a lot of the stuff that, that's been kind of weighing down on you, the stuff that's been kind of like weighing on your mind, how is this going to work? What am I going to do? All that? You're going to notice a freedom from those things. Amen? So I just bless you and declare to you uh, that not only are you in season, but you're going to help others get into season as well. And the fruitfulness of the favor of God on your life. Amen? Bless you, man. Wow, thank you, Lord, for that. We've got to hurry. I'm getting hungry. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Everybody good? I feel like I've been ignoring this side, right? Like, so... Sorry. <laughs> like, bro, what's up? <laughs> Why are you ignoring us? Oh, thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> what's your name, brother? Mark. Mark? Oh, thank you, Lord, for Mark. Well, I, Mark, I bless you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Mark, I, I, I just see... Um, I had a quick picture when I said I bless you. I see, like... And it was more just in a, in a general picture where all the things that God has brought you through. And it is produced in you, Mark, a wisdom that cannot be learned just from education or from knowledge. But there's a wisdom in you. And what I see happening is I see discernment with that wisdom. 
to where you'll know what to say when, how to say it, to who to say it. Like there is a, there is a discernment with wisdom that is inside of you. And, there, and it's becoming more clear. It's becoming... And, and it, I, were you the guy on the drums, right? You were on the drums. Because so, I, I, I was just kind of sitting back there. I couldn't see. Because when I first looked at you, I saw, I, I saw the rhythm. <clears throat> and the wisdom and the discernment that's in you is going to get people back into rhythm. Where they have been out of rhythm, out of timing, and, and, and just operating from a place of, of un, unclear and confused. And the wisdom and the discernment on your life is going to bring clarity to them of where they are. Say it this way. It's going to bring clarity of why they went through what they went through, where they are right now, and how and the next steps to get to where God is taking them. And so, so that, that's where you're going to get them back into rhythm. Back into timing. And so, and, and so I just bless you, and I bless the wisdom of God that's in you. Um, and I'll tell you another thing that's in you too that I see is the humility. The humility that, um, thank you, Lord. So you would, let me just, kind of like personality, I'll, I'll just describe it this way. It's kind of like you'd rather kind of be in the, um, in the back, and the Lord forces you to the front. And you're like, but I'd like it back here. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but it's because of the fact of the humility of the Lord that he knows that he can place you in a position and it won't get to your head. And he knows that where, wherever you are and whatever blessings and favor come upon you, you know that it's just because of the goodness of God. And so, and so, you, um, so you really carry that wisdom and discernment that is going to bring clarity, understanding, timing, and rhythm for people's lives where they will begin to get back in step with the purposes of God. It's people who have run from their call. They've run from the purpose. And you can recognize it because at times you've seen yourself there. Does that make sense? And you can recognize it and you can say, no, 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 I know who you really are. And, and you're going to place them back into the rhythm and the timing of the call of God for their life. Amen? Yeah, so I bless you. And um, man, thank you, Lord, for that. I want to take some of that myself. I want to take some of that word. <laughs> oh, Jesus, so good. Man, thank you, Lord, for that. And so I just bless you, Chris, and I, I thank the Lord for who you are. I thank the Lord for what you carry and what you will produce for the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah, that's good. What's your name, sis? Laura. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for Laura. Laura, I, I bless you, uh, and I see, that, um, I see that intercession on you as well uh, to, to, the, to the place of not just asking, but I see your authority rising up to recognize the voice that you carry to not just ask for something, but to decree in the earth, to decree things, to speak to those things that are not as though they were. And that your words have a, an authority and a power to invite things back to the original design of God. And so, um, so I see where the Lord has been, has, He's been taking you through a journey of training you and teaching you and, and just, you know, awakening some things inside of you that you didn't even know were in there. 
And, um, and, it's, and he's revealing how he sees you. He's revealing how he sees you. Because it's like there's times, he, you know, we look in the mirror and we're like, whatever. And then, but all of a sudden, something's changing in the reflection. Because you're not, there, was a, there was a filter that didn't allow you to see yourself for who you really are and what you really carry. And the Lord pulled that filter off so that you can see yourself the way he sees you. And it's bringing a greater, it's bringing, uh, it's bringing this sense of life and purpose. Ah, yes, Lord. I just heard the Lord saying, you won't, you won't um, be hidden in the shadows. Like there's, there's a purpose that is awakening inside of you where he is just stirring up this identity and he's stirring up the, the things that you carry and he's bringing it to the forefront. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're becoming, it's like I'm becoming convinced of who God says I am. You're becoming convinced, and um, wow, thank you, Lord. There, and there is an anointing on you to help people get free from um, uh, some mental issues that they struggle with. And, uh, and I saw where there was, there's an authority that you, that you carry uh, from things that have happened in your family, things that have happened in bloodline, things that have happened in your life, where you carry not just a grace for it, but an authority for it an authority to shift mindsets, an authority to shift those things into health and into correct uh, operation. So, so, yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> I hadn't seen that before, but, uh, but thank you, Lord, for that. So, Father, I just I thank you uh, for, for both of them, Lord, and just declare your, um, your purposes and, and your plans are manifesting and coming forth for their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> fun times. Fun times. What time do I need to be at the airport? <laughs> Four o'clock. Yeah, right. Four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. All right. <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What I need to learn to do is I need to learn that whole, like, um, uh, tr being translated. I got to learn that. It's just, like, so much easier and cheaper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Good, good, good. Um, thank you, Lord. I want to do this. I want to pray for um, all these young guys back here in that back row. I want to just bless you all. If y'all would just stand for, with me just for a second, guys. Appreciate it. There's, what, one, two, three, four, five of you. Man. We got some fivefold up in the house. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless this generation. I bless these young men. I declare that you will be forerunners in the things that God has placed in your life, that you will be those pioneers and forerunners, even in technology, in uh, innovation, in creative ideas, uh, in, in all the stuff that the church has questioned, put a question mark. I'm not sure if is this God or not. But you will bring the image of God into technology and innovation and, and science, um, software, computer stuff, all those things. And so I bless you all in the name of Jesus and declare the hand of the Lord is upon each of you and that you will sense the purposes of God. You will sense the hand of God. And right now, I just pray, Lord, that, that there would be uh, even just a, 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 uh, just a sense of your presence upon them right now, Lord that they would sense that presence of God upon their lives and know that your hand is upon them in Jesus' name, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for that. Uh, you in the middle with the blue shirt, and you got the water bottle in your hand? Yeah. What's your name? 
Marco, um, man, when I was just seeing you, I kept seeing you as a forerunner. I kept seeing you as a pioneer. Like, like you'll lead the charge in different areas. Um, you, you won't wait for others to take action. You'll be the one who takes action, and others will follow you. Others will follow you. And so you, um, I just see that for you, that you're going to, uh, that, that whole thing of, of innovation, of, uh, wow, Lord, thank you for that. It's, going to, it's not just a reformation that I'm seeing with you. Like, you're going to actually create some new stuff. Reformation is like, let's bring back the original to this thing that's broken. But I see where you're actually going to create new things, things that have not been understood yet things that have not been in the earth yet. And, and you'll, you'll catch those things from the imagination of God, and it will flood your imagination, and you'll release it in the earth. And so I just bless you, man. And um, what's your name on the end here? You got that bus on your shirt. Judah? Bro, that's a cool name, man. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for Judah. Judah, um, I see a heart of compassion in you. I see where you... Uh, you feel for what others are going through, and, and even those that are, are, you know, they're made fun of or whatever, and you have a heart of compassion. I just see where there's a healing that will come to others through your compassion, and your words will build them up rather than tear them down. This is a generation that more than ever needs to be encouraged, and, and you're, you're, you've got that word to be able to bring life and encouragement and strength to others around you. And so I see that compassion that's inside of you, kind of like just a, I don't want to even put a label on it. It's just that compassion. You know, it says, Jesus says he had compassion on them, and then he brought healing to them. Yeah, does that make sense to you, bro? Uh, awesome. And what's your name here? You got the hat on? Abel? Man, what's going on? All these biblical names up in here. <laughs> parents, parents are getting all biblical on the names of their kids. It's awesome. Hey, I got a Nathan and an Ezekiel and all that, so it's all good. Um, Abel, man, Abel, I see you as one who will be fearless. Uh, you, will, you will run to the things that need, what people run from, you will run to. I feel like you're a protector, that you will, you will defend others that don't know how to defend themselves. You'll defend and, and you'll, you'll protect others. There's like that heart of a protector inside of you. And, um, and so I just bless you, Abel. Um, I, I bless the purposes of God for your life and declare that you will be someone who will have uh, impact into the lives of others who are, who are struggling with their identity. They don't know who they are. And you're going to be a protector to them and you're going to begin to speak to them, this is who you are. This is what you carry. You're going to put value in people. You're going to put value in people. All right, does that make sense to you? Yeah, might as well just finish the whole line here, right? So, <laughs> what's your name, bro, here with the glasses? Avin? Gavin, Gavin, sorry. Um, Gavin, okay, awesome. Finally, a non-biblical name. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin. <clears throat> That's funny. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I was just kind of lost in a vision for a second. Um, Gavin, you know what was crazy is when you said your name, it, 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 it kind of just rhymes, but uh, you know when a, when a judge hits the gavel and it's like final decree, final, it's like boom, it's done. Um, yeah, and it's it, in the courtroom, right? Boom. 
And uh, man, I, you know what I see, Gavin, for you is that there is an authority on your life. There is an authority that what you speak, it will happen. I feel, Gavin, like there's dreams that, that God gives to you and that are going to come more and more. And in those dreams, you're going to recognize the things that you dreamed began to happen. And, and, uh, and there's going to be a clarity that God begins to give to you on what to do with those dreams. And, uh, and, and you're going to begin to speak things into existence. You're going to speak, and that's the way things are going to happen. So there's an authority on your words. There's a, there's a power on your words. And, um, and this might sound strange, but I do see, um, I just see like a, like a heavenly fire that's on your head, uh, heavenly fire that's on your, and so the Lord has given you, um, a, a, it's like a creative mind and a mind, I don't know, like with, whether it's science or, or technology or whatever, but there is, he has anointed your mind with creativity. And so I just bless you in Jesus name and bless that creativity of God on your life. All right. It's good, man. You're a creator. So that's part of the boom. It's you're creating something uh, that hasn't been been there before with your words. Yeah. All right. What's your name, bro? Hoyle. Hoyle. Sweet, bro. Nice shirt. <laughs> Paris. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, I don't know what's up with your life, but there's I see, I just see a lot of angelic activity around you. And I feel like there's a, there's a real call in the supernatural, in the things of the unseen. And, and, and so there's times that you'll feel things or see things, uh, but there's, there's a, a grace on your life to recognize what others don't see and to, and, and to partner with heaven, to partner with the angelic host, to partner with the purposes of God. And so it might seem, that might seem kind of far for you right now, um, but I'll just say this to you. The, um, the Lord is your comforter, the Lord is your protector, and the Lord is your encourager. And everything that has been contrary to that, God is breaking off and, and encouraging you, building you, strengthening you, and, and, um, and you're going to begin to realize the Holy Spirit as the comforter in your life. And you're going to be able to help others find that as well. The comfort in, in, in their pain, the comfort in, their, in all the lies they're believing. And so I just bless you. And I, and I just declare that this whole row is, um, is fully aware of the purposes of God for their lives. You will operate within kingdom dimensions. You will not wait for something way down the road, but you will operate it in the, young, in the youth of, of, your, of your time of your life. And, and it will just get better and better in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> okay. Now, for real, hunger is like really, really there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Y'all get something this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is now? We all right? We good? Um, so, Lord, I just I bless your people. And, and Father, I just declare the... Um, the freedom, the freedom that is here, and that people will engage and experience that freedom um, anytime they step into this building, anytime they encounter any of the people that are part of this house, that in this family is freedom, and it will, it will manifest wherever you go, not just in this house. And so I just bless you. I need to go to, a, to eat and fly and, 
I bless you, and I pray you got something out of this. And if nothing else, I just want to remind you, God has judged you, and it is in your favor. Dominion and a kingdom, it is yours. Amen. Amen. I'm done, bro, I think. <laughs> <laughs>